have a story you're bursting to tell the world. Are you sick of being rejected by the publishing establishment? Do you want to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling indie author Steph Green, for Rage Against the Manuscript, where we explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. Hey writers, Steph here, and welcome to another episode of the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. It's been a very strange couple of weeks for me, and so I'm really sorry that there hasn't been a podcast episode out when, you know, when they're supposed to be. But it's, you know, life's been a bit odd, so what's happened? Well, first of all, I live in New Zealand, as you know, and we had gone 102 days without having a COVID outbreak in the community, and then a week or so ago, uh, we we got one, Uh, and so the city that I live in, which is Auckland, is back in a level 3 lockdown, the rest of the country is in a level 2, and so, you know, I've got my husband at home, we're sort of trying to navigate some of the things that have to do with COVID, so you know, that's been a bit of a kind of upending in my life. And the other thing is that, uh, I don't know if, if you guys know this, but you, you know, you might know, I kind of live in this, you know, this adorable little rural uh, hobby farm, I guess you would call it. Um, small holding might be the right word, uh, lifestyle block is what we call them in New Zealand, although I have been told by my friends in the US that, you know, the idea of a lifestyle block is completely random. So I live on this lifestyle block or hobby farm or whatever, and we've got this little flock of sheep. And they are lambing at the moment, or they've just finished lambing. And we had an old, a very, very old ewe. She's about seven years old, which is really old for a ewe. And she had twins. She had two two little baby lammies and probably because she's so old she she basically doesn't have any milk for them and so she abandoned them on the day of her birth which is you know a bit of a sucky thing to do and so we are now hand rearing these lambs which means that you know I'm getting up every two hours or every four hours um, to feed them and so I've been really tired and then the other thing that happened was that I am writing a book, which I'm always doing. Uh, the book is Haunted, which is the second book in my Mandalay Academy series. And this book was supposed to be finished three weeks ago. And I just finished it yesterday. It was one of those books where you thought you knew where it ended and you know how you were going to get from sort of 75% of the way through the book to the end. And then you just keep as you, as you keep going, you're like, oh no, I have to write this bit in, I have to write this bit in. It just kept growing and growing and growing. It was supposed to be, it was actually supposed to be 60,000 words, and I then sort of said, okay, it's going to be like 75,000 words, and then uh, it turns out it was 91,000 words. So I finally finished this book, and you know, it's the combination of all these things has meant that I just had to kind of take a step back, and drop a few things, and Rage Against the Manuscript podcast was one of the things that got dropped. But I am back now, and we're going to be talking about a topic I think is really important this week, and that is, why isn't my book selling? 
which is a question I get asked all the time. I always get emails from people saying, hey, can you help me? I've written this book and I think it's really awesome, but no one is buying it. So why, why isn't it happening? And I've got sort of a list here of about, I think it's about four or five reasons why your book could possibly not be selling. And I thought we'd just go through them and we'd talk about them. And you could then apply these reasons and, and these questions to your book and see you know see what category you fall under. So the first category of why is your book not selling uh, could possibly be that you are not advertising it. Because of course if you've written a book uh, but you don't tell people about it then they're probably not going to be able to buy it. Now if you're publishing on Amazon or on Apple or you know all the different platforms, then to a certain extent there is there's an amount of traffic that comes from the searches on those platforms, the browsers. So people go to those platforms and they know that they want a book, but they don't necessarily know what the book is. And this is like you when you go to a bookshop and you're like, I want to buy a book because I'm in a bookshop and you you know it's very hard to walk out of a bookshop without buying a book. So I'm in a bookshop, I want to buy a book, but I don't know what that book is. So I'm going to look around and I'm going to go to my favourite sections and I'm going to pick up the books that are kind of around the books that I've already read and already enjoyed and I'm going to try and find a new book to read. And so that's basically what people do when they go to Amazon or Apple and they go to the book section is that very often they are browsing. In order to attract that traffic, there are certain things that you can do. And we're going to talk about those a bit in the next section. But in this, this first section, we're just talking about, you know, about putting your book in front of people. So there's a certain amount of this search traffic, which means that, in theory, you can put up a book and not promote it. Uh, at all, and still have people buy it and find it. But usually that's sort of not 100% the case. Usually you're going to have to do some kind of promotion for it. And this means different things uh, for different people depending on what genre you're in and where your readers are and how you find those readers. And we, you know, I've got so much information on Rage Against the Manuscript. I've got so much information in my books about how to promote, you know, promote your books um, but basically you've got to figure out who are your readers and you've got to find out where are your readers hanging out whether that's online online is usually the easiest that's online or in person where are they hanging out and how would they like to hear about books so if you're not doing any of that kind of work if you've basically just put your book up and you publish it and you've, you've gone okay well you know why isn't anyone buying it then you might want to start thinking about looking at inexpensive ways that you can put your book in front of readers. And this might be as simple as, you know, running a, a 99 cent promotion or a free promotion. Um, or, you know, it could be learning how to do ads. It could be joining uh, online forums or Facebook groups. It could be starting a blog. It's all sorts of different things you can do. That's kind of a topic for another time. But that's that could be the first reason why your book is not selling, because you're not actually actively promoting it. The second reason why your book could not be selling is because the package of your book 
does not appeal to your target audience. And this is a section where we kind of talk a bit about this, this browsing factor of online bookselling. So the package of your book, when I talk about that, I'm not talking so much about the content of the book, about the actual um, the actual words, which we're going to talk about in a sec. So what I'm talking about is the cover, the blurb, the title, sort of, the, and that's the packaging. That's the that's all the stuff that makes readers pick your book up off the, the shelf or the virtual shelf and flip it over and look at the blurb and go, oh, that's interesting, or eh, doesn't sound very, you know, like something I'm interested in. What do I mean by the package doesn't appeal? So what this means is when we talk about how readers browse for books and how readers look for books, we're going to talk about the fact that readers are very loyal to a particular genre. So if you're in a bookshop and you you know you want to so if you're in a bookshop and you want to buy a book, you're going to head straight for the shelf that has the books in the genres that you read. And, you know, while us as authors, we are often quite wide in our reading tastes, readers tend to be quite narrow in theirs. So if you're if you're a reader, you know, you're going to head straight to the shelf of the genre you love to read. So maybe that's the science fiction fantasy shelf. And what you're probably going to do is look for the books that, you know, the, the kind of the clues of this is a book that I'm going to be really interested in. So on the science fiction fantasy shelf, there's going to be science fiction books and fantasy books. And the fantasy books are going to have, like, swords and, um, you know, epic mountains and castles and people in fantastical costumes on the covers. And the science fiction books are going to have spaceships or, like, spacey stuff on the covers. And if you are a fantasy reader or an epic fantasy reader, as it were, because you could also have urban fantasy on that shelf, which is going to have a woman on the cover with a blade or a gun in, like, a an urban environment. So if you are a, an epic fantasy reader, then you are going to look for the hints, the clues, this is an epic fantasy book. So you're not going to look at any of the books with spaceships on the covers. And you're going to pick out the books that you know, look like the types of things that you're going to enjoy. So you're probably not going to pick the books where the cover looks a bit shitty, because you're like, well, if it's got a shitty cover, it's you know, probably a bit of a shitty book. You're also going to look at the titles. Now, of the equation of the triangle of cover, blurb, and title, title's probably the least important, but it is also, it's definitely a factor. So, you know, if the title sounds really interesting, um, you know, then that's a really good thing. If the title has sort of certain keywords that kind of nod to your genre, so swords, blood, castles, dragons, these kind of things, sort of clues, you know, if it's got dragons in it, it's probably not a science fiction book, for example. If the word dragon is in the title, if the word sword is in the title, it's probably not a science fiction book, it's probably an epic fantasy book. So that's kind of how you, you do title. And then, you know, if someone's been interested by your cover, then they pick up the book, they flip it over, and they read the blurb. And if the blurb is enticing, and if the blurb screams at them, this is a book in the genre that I love, it's got the 
tropes that I enjoy, you know, it's a farm boy or farm girl grows up to save the world kind of book, then, you know, then it's a good idea. That, that, that's the book they're going to want to pick up. Now, the same is true for browsers online. They look at your covers, they look at your covers in the thumbnail, and they look at your titles, and then they, if they, they're interested, they can click through to your book's description page, and they can read your blurb. If your book is turning people away, which is the opposite of attracting them, if it's turning them away by having like a, a, crap, a, you know, a crap cover, or a cover that's really good but doesn't signify this is the genre, I'm interested in. So if the cover isn't working, if the title isn't working, if it's not interesting, if it is, um, you know, if it sounds too much like a book that's in a completely different genre, if it's just not signaling the genre, um, so if your title is no good, or if people are clicking through to your page, but then the blurb isn't enticing them, and, and the cover and the blurb are probably the most important factors in this, this equation. So if the, if the blurb is not enticing them, then they're not going to pick up the book. And this is probably the biggest factor that influences you, this question, why isn't my book selling? It's probably because the cover is crap, or the blurb isn't working. This is a good thing, if this is you, because those two things are relatively easy to fix. You've got to rewrite the blurb, or you've got to get a new cover. And don't think for a minute that um, this need to redo blurbs or, or recover books is something that only you know first-time authors or newer authors have to go through. So I'm currently dealing with this, with this at the moment. I am recovering and retitling a really popular series of mine. So this series has nearly made uh, $100,000 over the whole course of the series. Um, it's my uh, Briarwood Witches series. It's got five books in the series in a box set. And the books are all called uh, The Castle of Something. So the first book is The Castle of Earth and Embers, and the next book is The Castle of Fire and Fable. And the books have a central figure of a woman on the cover, and then there's like kind of the hints of a castle behind her, and like magical things going all around her. And the problem with these books is, you know, obviously they've been selling quite well, the problem with them is, is that um, the, the the way the cover's done and the fact that the book has the word castle in the title seems to suggest to people that these are like a fantasy romance, so set in a fantastical um, kind of epic fantasy world, but that they're a romance. And what they actually are is a paranormal romance, so they're set in our world. And the covers want to be really more kind of urban fantasy-ish, um, you know, fitting more of the, the urban fantasy, the paranormal romance kind of jam. And so I am going to do that. And so I'm doing that for the five books um, and the box set, retitling them, taking away the word castle, recovering them to, to make them fit with the genre a bit more, and then we're going to see how they go. Another thing to consider is that sometimes books straddle uh, a couple of different genres or a couple of different subgenres, and often what you'll do is you you will sort of pick one of those lines, you know, one of those genre lines to sort of focus on in your cover and your title and your blurb, and sometimes you pick the wrong one, or sometimes you try and kind of mash them all together. So I have done this a number of times uh, with varying levels of success. 
Um, so way back in the day, I had a series which was called uh, the Witches of the Woods series. And it was a paranormal BDSM historical and it was Dark Ages historical, so not even like a popular historical period. So paranormal BDSM historical romance. Now those are three very different subgenres of romance with their own very specific cover trends, title trends, and blurb trends. And what I try to do with those books is kind of mash all those trends together. So the covers of the books probably had kind of more of a historical romance, um, but, but very, very kind of dark um, covers, which basically meant that they didn't appeal to either historical romance readers or BDSM readers. Um, and the blurbs, you know, sounded probably, probably more historical meets paranormal which, again, doesn't appeal to the BDSM readers. What I would have been better off doing, and what I will do if I ever relaunch that series, is choose one of those three and focus on that. So just choose one, and, you know, so choose, this book is going to be advertised as paranormal, and so I'm going to try to do the best paranormal cover I can and the best paranormal blurb I can. Or, more likely, I would aim it at the dark romance market and try and do a great cover for that and a great book. Recently, I have a series which uh, is called the Mandalay Academy series, which is actually the, the, the book that I have just finished. And the book is called Haunted. It's the second book in the series. Now, this series was, um, I sort of wrote it designed to have it to appeal to the readers who'd enjoyed my bully romance series, uh, Kings of Miskatonic Prep. Um, but that sort of didn't really work quite as well as I planned. And part of that was because of the cover. So this book is set in a, a really prestigious music school, and it's very gothy, and it's very kind of atmospheric and creepy. But, and it's, it's got ghosts in it. But it was sort of designed not to be like a super paranormal paranormal book. It was kind of, it was a gothic. So it had ghosts... Um, but the ghost would have mostly a, a logical explanation. Uh, and so I originally I had this cover which was beautiful, absolutely stunning cover, but it was kind of designed to appeal to people who like the gothic. So it wasn't like very clearly paranormal, it wasn't very clearly contemporary. Um, kind of sat in the middle, and it was what we call an object cover, so it didn't have any people on it, which is always a risk in romance. Sometimes it works amazing, sometimes it's terrible. And this one was not working. So I had the cover redone again. And this time I focused on the contemporary aspect of the book. And that didn't work either. <laughs> and I think the reason it didn't work was... You know, I just think contemporary readers, they really don't want, like, any ghostliness at all. And the, the first book was called Ghosted, and it was kind of a play on, you know, these ghosts, but also, you know, the, the act of ghosting someone. But the cover didn't convey that double meaning. And so the cover was still probably, for contemporary, it was still probably too gothy. So I redid the cover again, and this time I went full paranormal. I'm like, fuck it, ghosts are real, we're doing this. So I went full paranormal, I followed a very distinct um, paranormal uh, cover trend, um, and I had an amazing cover done, and those covers have been 
so much better for this series. So, yes, if your book is not selling, sometimes it's because the package is not appealing. And it's the simplest thing that you can do is to rejig your blurb, um, just, you know, take the bits that you think are great, get rid of the rest. Sometimes flipping your blurb from third person to first person or first person to third person can really help. Um, sometimes it's just take a different aim for the blurb. So, you know, again, we're talking about this books that like straddle the genres. Often as writers, we tend to try to kind of go in the middle, whereas I would just pick one and go for that. So, you know, if the book is paranormal romance, make sure the blurb really focuses on the romance aspect and make it really sexy. Because if the, if the book is, you know, more urban fantasy, because often urban fantasy, paranormal romance books straddle a line, if the book's more urban fantasy, then focus more on the threat and the badassery of the heroine. And that's kind of a way you can rejig your blips. So what's another reason why your book might not be selling? Here's where we get into the annoying stuff. Your book could not be selling because simply because the book is not engaging. And this is the hardest pill to swallow. It could be that you're, you have an awesome cover and a great blurb and people are, you know, reading the look inside of your book and they're going, well, this writing is just not up to scratch. And it could be that, you know, you haven't got the best grammar or spelling. And it could be that all you need is just a really great editor to go through your book uh, and, you know, take out the stuff that is... Uh, you know, not the way we do English, or whatever language you're writing in. It, it could be that. It could be as simple as hiring an editor. It could be as difficult as the fact that you have started the book in the wrong place. This is super, super common, especially with newer writers. You end up with several chapters of sort of backstory before you actually get into the nitty-gritty. And you feel as though you have to have that stuff because otherwise... The, the the sort of inciting incident of the story doesn't make any sense. But the truth is, is that if you can't get people to the inciting incident of the story, the whole thing is gone to shit anyway. So you may find that you were one of those people who, you know, you've written a book, but it's just not interesting people. And that is really sucks. <laughs> because writing a book is a lot of work, as you know. Um, and it's really hard to to look back critically at your own work and go, well, actually, you know, I've written this thing and, uh, you know, I'm really proud of it, but just because I'm really proud of it doesn't mean that other people want to read it. And unfortunately, if you want to be a writer, and especially if you want to be a writer who earns money from it, who earns uh, a, a living or who earns, you know, a, a part-time living from it, then you have to be aware that part of the equation is not just writing things that you enjoy, but re writing things that readers enjoy reading. And you cannot force readers to enjoy things. You have to write stuff that they enjoy. They have to be part of your thought process the whole way through your books. Otherwise, you know, you, you, you may stumble upon a, a story that is perfect for them, but you know, generally speaking, they need to be part of your thought process, part of your equation. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to be writing things that appeal to them. You're just going to be writing things that appeal to you. And that is 
that's perfectly fine. But if you're asking why your book is not selling, that is another big reason. And unfortunately, it's it's much harder to fix. And often the best way to fix why isn't this book selling, um, because it's not engaging, unfortunately, the best way to fix that is to write another book and to, to start again and to try you know, try different things. Another reason why your book might not be selling is because the audience doesn't exist. This is another toughie, and it, it, it's, it's probably less, uh, less common than some of these other reasons, um, but often it is part of one of these other reasons as well. So sometimes you write an awesome book and there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, and you have a great package for the book. You've got an awesome cover. You've got a really engaging blurb. But the problem is that there's actually no one out there looking for a book like your book. Or there is an audience for this book, but they don't read ebooks, or they aren't looking where your book is on sale. So what does this look like in reality? Maybe you have written, for example, um, a poetry book. Or maybe you've mashed a whole bunch of different genres together into an interesting book. And the, the fact is that uh, no matter how amazing your poetry is and how great your cover is and how awesome your blurb is, it's very difficult to sell poetry books. There's just not that many people that read poetry. Um, and people that do read poetry, they often tend to read, you know, they, like I read a lot of poetry, but I tend to read only, you know, poets I already know and already love. Um, so, and I tend to read really, like really well-known, very dead poets. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people who read poetry, they, they may not be sort of actively looking for new, new people to enjoy. Um, so that's a big factor. But the other factor to think about is that people who read poetry, we're just going to keep going with this example, they tend to not be people who purchase ebooks. So if you are writing poetry and you're publishing it in ebook format, you may find that part of the reason is that those readers are not going to purchase ebooks. They want a, a physical book, they want it to feel very nice in their hands, they want it to look really nice on their shelf. So, um, and often they're not buying online. Sometimes they are because poetry is very big on social media platforms like Instagram, and those um, Insta poets are doing very well online, and that's something that you absolutely should be considering if you're a poet. But, you know, often poetry books are purchased live at events uh, or in, in bookshops. And it may be harder for you to get to those places if you're self-published. So that's another question to be asking yourself. Is your book not selling? Because it simply does not have an audience. The final answer for why isn't your book selling is that it could be that sometimes, you know, you've got everything right. Sometimes the package is perfect, sometimes the book is super engaging, sometimes there's totally an audience for it, but for whatever reason, the book just doesn't land. It happens. It happens to all of us. 
you know, ask me about having a super big hit series and then having all your books after it kind of fall flat. Sometimes you release books and you think you've done everything right and, and you have, you know, um, but it's just, you know, it's just not in the zeitgeist of your readers at the moment. And this is the one where there's really nothing you can do about it. Or is there? So what's the solution? What is the solution to why is it my book selling? Basically what you want to be doing is take the things that you've learned and sometimes you can go back and make some changes to your book. So for example, you can recover your book, you can you know, rejig the blurb, you can, if you feel like it's going to be worthwhile, you can re-edit the book, but I generally advise not to do that. It's generally not a good use of your time. So you can do things with the book that you've got, um, but what you should be doing is taking the things that you've learned and writing another book. Because that's what we do as writers. Even if your book was a complete dud, it is never a waste of time. You will learn so, so much writing and publishing a series that never sells. And it sucks because we wish all series could sell and all authors could make a decent living and everything could be rosy. But it just doesn't work like that. You know, we are at the whims of our readers and, you know, readers dictate what works and what doesn't. But it is never a waste. You are going to learn so much and you'll be able to use that learning and you'll be able to make the next series ten times better. And take my word for it, the more you grow your backlist and your audience, the more those old books that you thought, you know, are complete duds and no one will ever read, people start to read them. Not as much as they read your, you know, your frontless books, your new books and, and your really popular books, but they do get read. There are a few people who go, oh my god, I love this author, I have to read everything they've ever written. And... Even the books in my backlist that are complete duds might still bring in $50 a month, $100 a month, $200 a month each. And all of those little numbers, once you've got 40 books or 60 books or whatever, all those tiny numbers, they really add up. I was talking to someone the other day about backlist, and when I looked at my numbers, I could see that basically every month, around 70% of what I earn... And keep in mind I earn more than five figures a month. So 70% of that is just books on my backlist that sell $50 or $100 or $200. And it just all adds up. So if your book isn't selling, don't despair. Because it is only one book and you are an author and you have more than one book in you. And you're going to be able to learn amazing things from, you know, from your success and from your failures. And, and in fact, in life, we tend to learn more from our failures than our success. And learning things is never, ever, ever a waste. That's all for me from this week. I hope this podcast helps you to be able to look back on your books, on the books that haven't done as well as you hoped, and see maybe where you could improve things, you know. Maybe you could do some more marketing and promotion. Maybe you could change the cover. Maybe you do need to look really seriously at how you're actually structuring a book and how you're writing it and is your beginning, your opening, you know, engaging enough. I hope you've got some ideas to help you move forward. 
I hope you tune in next week where we're going to be talking about more awesome stuff to do with writing and self-publishing. Thanks for listening to the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. I've been Steph. Happy publishing.